Hello, I'm Jensen Beeler. And I'm Quentin Wilson. And together we are the Two Enthusiast Podcast. Quentin, so good to see you. Yeah, excellent. Great to do a podcast. It is. We've, we've been, been a long time. It's been a while, yeah. Uh, I, I should preface before we get started, because I got to make this this appeal to our listeners. If you listen to us on iTunes, please leave a rating. Please leave a review. It helps us immensely in uh, Apple's little iTunes quagmire store podcast thing. Uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash two enthusiasts. Follow two us. with the number two. No, no, no. T-W-O. Okay. R- wrote it out. Just making sure. Like a human. Yeah, but you know, the graphic says two with a number. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, similarly, follow us on Twitter at two enthusiasts. It's not T O O. It's going to be a long podcast. Let's <laughs> just, let's just turn off the microphones now. I'm done. I'm done with you. Go home. Uh, so we literally picked you up at the airport, and brought you back to my house, and we're doing a podcast. Right? This is a horrible idea. Uh, that's awesome. It's a good thing. I'm all, I'm all jazzed up. Yeah. Yeah. One more last piece of business before we get too squirrely. Okay. If you, we, we should start taking questions from listeners, I think is, is the idea. So if you want to send us questions, uh, send an email to two enthusiasts at asphaltandrubber.com or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. We'll leave us a message somewhere. We'll find it. Yep. I think it's the easiest way to say sure. it. So good talk. Let's get the, let's get the show going. So, so Quentin, tell me, tell me or tell us what you've been up to. Uh, I had just spent about 10 days in, in central Texas where I'm originally from, uh, was in a friend's wedding. So congratulations to Jay and Amanda, and then uh, just hung, hanging about with my parents uh, back on their farm in Texas, which I hadn't, I don't get the chance to do that often. Um, motorcycle related, I rode my dad's early 90s 883 Sportster around Central Texas, which was, you know, fun, you know, it's it, getting on a motorcycle, it's actually a bizarrely enjoyable experience, even though... Never had a bad time on a motorcycle. Yeah, right, no bad days, so... That was my last week in a nutshell. Prior to that, we hadn't talked about any biking things, but we had done some major off-road adventures. We did a, uh, uh, me and a a few friends, uh, a few friends and I, I should say, rode dirty bikes out to the coast during a horrible wet deluge of a weekend, which was still fun. You mean my birthday weekend? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Ignored that completely because, you know, dirt bikes. Thanks. Do unto others as you would have done unto you. It was cool. I just stayed at home with my broken collarbone and... Hated my life. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, it was good. I watched. That. I watched so much TV. It was awful. <laughs> That's right. I haven't had like a good, like solid day of just like sitting down, like no shower, just PJs until pretty much I go back to bed. You know, twenty four hours of PJs. Sure. Watching TV, getting nothing done, just no cell phone, no computer, just frying my brain. I basically just turned my brain off. Happy birthday. Watch garbage. That's what I say. It was happy, good. happy birthday. One more, one more time around the sun for me. Yep. So. All right, so that's that's the catch up. That's where we're at. That's what that's what you and did. That's, well, that's me. What about you? So I actually I actually had that same. I had to do the same shuffle through through Salt Lake City. I didn't realize that you went through Salt Lake City because yeah. I just did, got back. I got back what Monday? I got back Monday night, and yeah, you know Delta. Thanks for dropping me off at like Terminal A and having my connecting flight in Terminal D. But I'm not like you. I don't, <laughs> Terminal D. I, I, sounds like that's a good band name. The Terminal D. Tenacious D is a band name. It's I know close enough. Terminal D. Maybe Terminal that's a porn D. name. Yeah, it's not a porno name. I want to see. <laughs> okay, it's like a dead so, yeah, D. I, I had to go from B to D. Yeah, but I don't. I don't run. 
<laughs> I don't run through airports. I just don't do it. I'm like, if I miss my flight, you know what? You're going to have to put me on another one because your dumbass flew me into the different terminal. No, but I don't want to do that because I, oh, I want to get gotta, on the flight. No, it's I, so good. To I make... have zero fucks. I, oh. I sit there and I'm just like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get like a $500 travel voucher out of this. I'm going to get a free meal. I might even get to go uh, spend yeah. another night in a hotel in beautiful yeah. Salt Lake City where you can't get a drink after 5 p.m. Yeah, well, no, you can now. Nah, that's kind of... Right. So I was in Southern California. I ran around L.A., Orange County, uh, like a madman trying to shake money out of trees because it's that time of year for, for advertisers. Might actually have conned someone into supporting the uh, the podcast. We'll see. Fing- Nicely so finger, done. Fingers crossed there. Let's not talk about it any No, we're not going to jinx it. We might get like ten, twelve dollars. Sweet. So that's just working out really awesome. That's five guys money. We can go that's, to five guys. Yeah, or go slumming it. <laughs> I do like that five guys has mellow yellow. Yeah, it, that's okay. It, it soothes my that. Mountain Dew addiction. Yeah, sure. Um but Aprilia, despite all the horrible things I said about them and no, it, episode was, it five. was because of those things. They said, you know what? He's right. We need to harden up. I don't think we need that to do was the this case right. at all. I think I think Shane, the PR guy, is is a trooper and was like, "Sure, Jensen, I'll let you uh, borrow a Tuono to get around to all your meetings, so you don't have to run." And it was car. it looked like a brand new, super wicked badass oh, yeah. Tuono. So it was so it was the Aprilia Tuono V4 1100 RF. I, th- I I know I got all the letters in there. I don't know if I got it. It wasn't in the right an order. ASP XV XY RF. No, the alphabet. They, they're trying to get away from the alphabet soup thing. Good. I think they're learning that lesson, but there's still there's still a lot going on in those. So R. F. Radio R- frequency? R- race factory. Race factory. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's because they're I a race factory. Things. Okay. So it's still, I saw the pictures. It has the silver, which silver I think black. is a very good looking machine. Good looking. Very solid. But it has the bam, Aprilia on the side all the way down, that's which is just, obnoxious. That's just so people know what you're driving. Oh, I know. You know, like <laughs> you show, they don't want to, like, you don't want to be confused riding like a Ducati or something. Because that's the only way they seem to get marketing is from their people oh, riding the Shane, bike. Shane, he didn't mean that. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't mean that. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. It's quitting. He's, <laughs> he's drunk. He's just drunk. All right. He's just, we're drunk podcasting right no, now. No, they did a good job of getting you into it so that you could it was cool. I, I love the Tuono. I mean, you, you know me. I own a Street Fighter. I was looking yeah. at the Tuono. Like, I would it's, love to it's ride one. I haven't ridden right one. Up, you got to get on one. Sure. So that, that's the that's a big takeaway. Is it everything the Street Fighter isn't, really? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Because yeah, the Street Fighter is a, a very interesting machine, but it's it's, it's compromised the, in a few ways. The street, so uh, the, other, the other bike that I got to ride briefly while I was down there was the KTM Super Duke. Uh, the 1290 Super Duke R. Are they analogous? Could so I would you say, call them analogous? I would say the Super Duke is closer to the Street Fighter than the Tuono. The Tuono and the Super Duke could, are night and day difference. And it was really funny because I was I was riding with a bunch of guys from KTM and we kind of hopped on bikes. And like both of us, after we swapped, we're like, oh my God, could you pick two two bikes that are in the same segment that are more different from each other? You know, you got the, I think it's a 60 degree V4 versus the 90 degree. No, the KTM's not a 90 degree Big no, I don't remember exactly, but it's not a 90. No, degree. it's not. It's like 65, 65 or, or 72 yeah, or something, something like that. I don't know. But you know, you got the V4 versus the uh, V twin. You've got and it's 1100. A 1290? Yeah. It's, yeah. It, no, it's like 1301 is the actual displacement. Okay. But they call it a 1290. They call it a 1290. Okay. And yeah, so the Tuono, the Tuono is, is interesting because, you know, I love the RSV4. You know, I ranted and raved about it. It was so good when I had it at Chuckwalla. Love that bike. Would totally buy it. Would totally buy the RR. I don't know if I'd pony up for the RF. It's too expensive. Not for what I'm doing. If you, but by the for time most I'm, people, it would, yeah. You know, by the time you're, it. if you're really taking it to the track, you're redoing the suspension anyways. Get yeah. the RR. 
awesome bike. Awesome, awesome bike. So the Tuonar really went in with like the expectations of loving it, uh, especially since I liked it. The 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 older model, the APRC ABS V4 Double XYZ version. Sure. And it was good. It, it's it's an interesting bike. I was trying to wrap my head around it because it's it's very it's very racy. It's a it's a bike that belongs on the track. It's like the RSV4. Like you know, if you have an RSV4 and you take it on the street, like you're just hitting your life. The Tuono is kind of like that too. Like it's it's definitely better. It's more upright. It's got the long long handlebar, and you know it's well, a little wait, bit more comfortable. Quick, where did you ride it to kind of qualify? All right. So I put like a thousand miles on that sucker. That's a lot of miles. It was a busy through the L.A. the greater so L.A. I, area. I did every kind of riding except for track riding. You can imagine. So I did the whole slogging it through the O.C. and L.A. traffic, lane splitting commuting bs that sucks you were saying you were you were staying in oxnard i was in oxnard which is like i was in the nard outer well that's bakersfield by the sea right yeah it so really you're outer bakersfield by the sea it's like where dreams go to die but with a beach view it's like what it's where dreams go to die but with a beach view <laughs> well that's not that bad it's it kind not of that is, bad. it really kind of is well, i don't know anyone i don't i don't know why you would live in oxnard i don't know camarillo oxnard adventure camarillo i kind of understand uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. The Nard, though. The Nard. I don't know. <laughs> it's totally Nardly. So Dude. you had to do the worst commuting oh, so in the world. I, I mean, I don't know much about New York, Philadelphia, Miami, or Dallas, or you know, yeah. there's a lot of bad traffic. But I know damn well what the traffic. I mean, the intersection of the 101 and the 405. Oh man, is the most Brutal. heavily trafficked. Right. There's more vehicles go through that intersection than anywhere else on. On Earth, if not no, the USA. No, not on Earth. No. The USA. I mean, like you look at some of those crazy like China, India okay, things like So it must be USA. Southeast Asia, yeah, for Still sure. Still a lot. It's right? it's no cup. And of that's t- where you were heading to go to wherever you needed to go. Every day. Just hating my life. But then you also got to ride it and up Twisty Mountain Roads, right? Yeah. So I, I was lucky I got to go to my old stomping grounds on Highway thirty three with a buddy named Bucky. Bucky? So you went up 33 did you go like lockwood valley we you... turned off into lockwood valley and grabbed a burger and then came back through Cerro no west no 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 we, did, we oh, didn't even get that far off that's I, my I, favorite i, I know road. i know what you're talking about it's, it's awesome my favorite road it's awesome i just we didn't have the time and okay but we still enough. got like we still got a solid days right sure yeah and up the 33 is pretty good yeah and it's remote it's good to get out and, and it's, it's not the Andrews crest highway and it's perfect and that's where the tuono shines you know the, the tuono wants to be ridden hard it's not a commuter it does fine for commuting on the so fact it was that comfortable it was pretty comfortable it yeah it didn't the, the, beat you up on the on the weird freeway not as like much expansion. as i saw dun, 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 not thing. as much as i thought uh it was actually pretty good i definitely my my hands are still a little buzzy and i actually think that's from the super duke and not the tuono the tuono is pretty smooth yeah um, the, the, the only thing I, I don't like about the Tuono and like the commuting sense is it's got that racer, uh, rear set kind of setup. So it's like the RC4 where your legs are really up underneath you. Are the pegs any different than they are? They have to be different than the RC4. I'm sure they are, but like, did it's I sit down and, did I sit to... down and look at it? No, but okay. like you definitely have that, like, you know, your, your, your legs are cramped up kind of thing going on. And that's tough when you're putting in a lot of miles. I mean, you can dangle your leg and stretch them and that's no big deal. The rider triangle is a little bit better, but like that being said, like, you know, three hours in traffic and all that. And I didn't like, I didn't have any pinched nerves or any weird muscles in my shoulders or anything or my neck like I would normally would. So I I think you have to give the Tuono a pretty good grade for what it is as a commuter. And then obviously not knowing that, you know, it's not meant for that. And it's meant for going on the twisties and on the twisties. It's awesome. Well, then what it makes it so, like you were saying, it's almost too racy. Well, so that's the thing is it, it, it really likes to live at the top of the, the rev limiter. 
Okay, so you when know. you're down in the lower part, it doesn't quite have the it's, oomph. It's got some oomph, but, but not. It it's got a surprising a lot of power up top. It likes being up top. It likes being at the top end of the of the rev range. Um, it rev. It's a it's a bike that revs. It's got a lot of revs to it. So you, it, it's just like the RC four in the sense you want to keep that tachometer, sure, you know, at the vertical uh, and just bounce it off the limiter. Um, the electronics are really geared more towards like going fast on the street. It's like, or not on the street, on the track, like the RSV4. Sure. It, 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 like to me, it's very much like a, a track bike with comfortable handlebars. Does it have a quick shifter on it? It does. Really? Yeah. Can you turn it on and off? Not that I could figure out. And, but it worked well at slow speeds and traffic? It was good. Yeah. I mean, you would want to feather the clutch. You'd want to bring the clutch in on like a slow, a low speed, like first to second shift. Yeah. But like after that. That's usually the, the, the problem with quick shifters on street bikes is that it's pr- they're no. not the smoothest when you're no. just jiggling yeah. yeah. around. No, you're absolutely right. And that's why I was saying, like, I think last time I also said the RSV4 quick shifter was really, really quite good. And this one, I think, is the same. Doesn't blip downshifts, though. Doesn't blip downshifts, okay. although you can sneak a gear down. Yeah, sure. That's kind of like the fun. Like, it, you leave a little, give it a little gas and hit a, uh, the shifter down uh, a gear, it'll, it'll click right in nice and seamless for you. So. As... It should. As it right. should. That's yeah. a normal thing. Um, it, but it's like the, the only thing I have, the only thing negative I could say about the Tuano is it's one of those bikes like it. it's not like, how do I choose my words here? I'm not going to say it's not fun on the street. It's fun on the street. I had a lot of fun on it. I took it up Mount Palomar as well. Um, Which is a classic street skippy road yeah. in Southern California. Great for that. Nice Between San Diego and... Uh, the Crime 09. Yeah. We call it the Crime 09. It's the 90, <laughs> it used to be the 909. I don't know if it's changed up, but that whole inland empire. So it, there can be a lot of people out in that area, but if you choose your times, it, it is an excellent ribbon of asphalt. Yeah. It's just excellent. Yeah. I got out there a little, little too late. We, we were chasing the sun, but it was a lot of fun on Palomar. It was a lot of fun on 33. If I, if I had a complaint, it's just that it's a bike that's designed to go as fast around a turn, as fast around a race course, as fast around a road as possible. Everything about the way the electronics are set up and every like the philosophy around that machine is geared to making you go as fast as you can. Instead of just at a medium pace. No, well, not even like you can go medium pace. It's, it's totally fine. But it's just it's just that it's like the philosophy where like and to make sense of that, contrast that with a Super Duke. Which is just out there like, like, do you want to be a dick today? I got your back, bro. You want to lock up that oh, rear it's tire? It's just a big supermoto. You can do, yeah, you can put the ABS in supermoto mode, which you can't do on the Tuono. You can do power wheelies in fourth gear, which you can't do in the supermoto or on the Tuono. Although the Tuono has no I'm sure problem. you could if you were a skilled rider. But you're saying you can't even... Well, it, the, so the thing with the, the Tuono that I find really interesting is that front end is, is it's got really great sharp handling, it, but it's like the like the early R6, like it's kind of twitchy. Hmm. So steering damper on it. Steering damper, thank God, because like that was one of the things I noticed you on can 33. Feel it oh a yeah, little jiggy with it. Any little bump while you're on the gas and you're getting a little jiggy. We we did this big. There's there's a section of Highway 33 where it's a very long straight, and I mean like full gas, just getting on it, tucked down. And, you know, all my weight's on the tank and I'm still getting the front end really light kind of coming around. And that's probably some of that suspension and setup because I didn't touch a thing sure. on it at all. Um, but it was just really interesting to see like, oh, wow, you know, that front end, you know, every little bump gets a little twitchy, every yeah. little thing. And uh, it, it's probably set up more bent towards the track so that if you took it to Willow Springs, it well, would probably it was, handle pretty it's well. It's kind of soft. Yeah. If anything, I think it was a little too soft. <clears throat> well, there's a difference. A lot of people say so I'd have to we'd have to dig sure. into it. But. Do you mean soft and spring or soft and damping, right? Soft and spring. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was pretty easy to... There's a couple points where we bonded him out on sections. You're like, eh, I shouldn't really have done that. And about that. how much do you weigh? I'm about 220. 
Okay. I'm 6'2", so 220. So for somebody like me, it's 180-ish. Yeah. Probably closer. Or a little better. To the bell curve of what their expectation. Well, their bell curve would be Italian, an Italian 150-pound yeah. dude. They right? don't see me coming. That'd be at the top. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah, They're yeah. like, whoa, I'm whoa, like a foot whoa. too tall and I'm like 100 pounds we too much. We don't have to make the springs of that the big. It's like a spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Never well, going to bike from Aprilia It's good for the, the listeners to understand, right, that the dynamics of the people that are riding the bikes. Like, you're uh larger but not that large and you're trying to push a bike on the street and i know these roads very well the mm-hmm. 33 was oh love the 33 it's a wonderful road because it's it. so far away from the normal street squid yeah <clears throat> la you don't get well you still get some squidly guys you but do you, but you don't no, get i was the, on it so there were squidly people. right you don't get the the same squidly la dudes that you see just littering the sidelines of the snake or yeah. mall holland or angels crest or any of those stupid la roads yep yeah that's what i liked about it and if you get out there early enough no issues with other riders or cars no issue with the chp yeah knockwood i don't think i've ever seen a cop on that road oh really i got a ticket on that road uh, okay fought it one really you can't cross a double yellow line if there's no double yellow lines on the road. Nice. Son. Lawyered oh. the shit out of that. Wow. <laughs> Lawyerification wins. Oh, so great. It was like that was like I peaked. That was my peak in my legal career. <laughs> Good to know. Downward spiral after that. We should we should talk about that someday. That we should delve into uh tickets and lawyering sometime. Cause I, I've probably and I'm not kidding you, I think I've got 40, 40 plus tickets in my day. Really? Yeah. What, that might be with warnings, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's above that. I'm like the opposite. I I'm I'm kind of a slow driver on the street, like with, with my car. I just kind of put along. I I'm turning into a Portland. shit. I'm turning into a Portlandian driver. Well, no, you drive fairly well. You drive like a proper California. I, well, yeah, I drive like a California, but I don't. So the point I'm trying to make is I don't get a lot of tickets. I, I can't remember the last time I got a ticket. I don't get tickets on the street. Okay. The, most of my tickets, I think I'm. Eighty percent of the tickets I've ever gotten have been on a motorcycle. Okay, because yeah, when I'm on a motorcycle, the, I'm kind of a jerk. It's the opposite for me. I've, I don't, I could probably count the amount of tickets I have on one of my hands on for motorcycles. In fact, less. Anyway, I've gotten a lot on cars just because yeah. I, I, you know, that cage man. I'm yeah. all about the cage. I love it. it I've seen me feel you drive. Safe. You're, yeah, you're kind of. The, Except for in the van. You, well, no, even you in drive the like van. a jerk. Even the van. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty jerk. In the rowdy. Oh, you the drove, rowdy. You drove like a jerk in the rowdy. Oh. I'm glad you got that. That's silly. That's silly fire truck van. It's so good because <laughs> it keeps it's going to slow bay. you down. Yeah, keeps the queue at bay. Yep. Okay. All right. Sorry. We're there's the digression. Yeah. So bottom line is that that it was enjoyable. A little bit too racy though. Um, yeah. In this trim, do you think it's any different from a suspension or chassis than the the last iteration of the Tuono? This bike's been out like we're for four or five years now. Well, so so it's a revised motor. Um and there's there's some subtle changes. So it's got to the, the super whammy fast motor. That's the thing. So it's it's like, an eleven hundred now. So that's oh, the thing. Really? They punched it out. Okay, well that's a factoid. I had no idea. Well, I thought the tip off would have been when I said the Aprilia Tuono eleven hundred V four. Yeah, I didn't hear that. All I hear is AXBYZ GXY, right? It's a you know, that's the problem with them. They need to figure that out. I need to like so, shake something shiny Tuono in front of you. eleven. Huh. Turn yeah. it up to eleven, right? Yeah. That's what I that would be my marketing scheme. Turn it up to eleven. <laughs> Well, it's funny because um, the RC4 is the only motorcycle I've ever seen with a hashtag on it. And huh. It's hashtag be a racer. <laughs> but I feel like I that, that didn't translate so well in Italy because like when I read it, I look at it hashtag bear acer. Huh. Like, B-A uh, racer. Bear, bear racer. racer. It's like a bear racer. I'm racing bears. <laughs> Maybe they remembered the uh, bear series. 
the British American race. I can't remember what it was. B-A-B-E-A-R? I can't remember what it meant. But it was where the, the Britain, the Saxon Triumph, uh, various other twins would race. It, it was the Bear Series. Maybe that's where they were bending it towards. <laughs> bear no, Racer. that was not what they were doing. <laughs> that's not what they are doing. Okay, so that, 1,100. You would think with 1,100, a little extra capacity, a little extra oomph for torque. Cool. And it does have it, but in a different way than you would get with a... I mean, it's hard to, to get off of that and get onto a 1,300cc V-twin that is really well done. Like, everybody that I know that has come off that KTM is like, this thing is the best, right? Like, by a long shot in well, that, that class. Yeah, I mean, I... I if it depends what you want to do, right? Like that was that was the kind of the thing that I was kind of having to come to terms with myself because they are so different. They are so different machines. You get on the uh, Super Duke, like so you get on the Tuono and it feels like it's built for an Italian guy. You get on the Super Duke and it's built for someone like me. You know, it's built for a larger guy. I had like, I actually felt like in a way I was on my hyper because I had a lot of room in my legs. I had a good rider triangle. I was very upright. Uh, it's weird how much you sit in on the bike compared to the fuel tank. The fuel tank's like, you know, it's like coming up very to your sharp ch- edge. It's coming it up to your up, chest yeah. almost. It's very tall. Real, real quick, just so the listeners understand, the rider triangle is between the seat, the foot pegs, and the handlebars. So that that triangulation can go all over the place depending on the bike, and a lot of manufacturers will get one or the other wrong, which screws it all up, right? So it has to be a, a kind of a, an, a, a, it's a delicate balance depending on what the design intent of the bike is. But I want to make sure everybody understood that your usage of the term is that. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 it's good. Um, and, and so because it has that 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 more upright rider triangle, it, it, it's actually a pretty good touring bike. Like I could, I could do some serious yeah, miles on that thing sure. and not get cramped up. And I found the same with my street fighter. Yeah. Like that was for me a 400 mile a day bike. No problem. Blew my mind when well, the first time you I could, did it. You could do some serious miles on the, on the super Duke Cause I find the street fighter to be more like the Tuono. And yeah. it's, it and is it's rider more position. Racy, it's but got it surprised that, me once I had it that right. I could. It's still better than riding a super bike. Guaranteed. Yes. yes. Um, and that's probably, you know, looking at, you know, how comfortable the, the super Duke was for, uh, Turing and, and 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 all that. It's no surprise that they're coming out with a, a Turing version of it, a GT version. Oh, are they? Yeah, that'll be that'll that. be at ICMA. Okay. So we've got spy photos and. Well, I, so that thing that they had a few years ago, it was the T. It was like a, I can't remember what the designation, but it was an 1190T. Remember that thing? It was an in between model that was. It was basically a. A sport tour that was a multistrada. It was more aimed towards the multistrada. Oh, it was like an SMT? Yeah, something like that. No, yeah. because, it, yeah, maybe it was. Maybe it was. I'm sorry, I can't recall. Because yeah. it was such a weird flash in the pan. And I think they, well, it was back before KTM seemed to have its shit together. Now they seem to have their shit together. I think that's the SMT if, it, okay. if we're talking that far back. Yep. So, yeah, this is actually picking up on that same vein, actually, because it's it's going to be basically Super Duke with panniers and a windscreen. Awesome. And God knows what else. Smart. Um. But yeah, I mean, so different, man. Because and and this is why I say that the Super Duke reminds me of the Street Fighter because it's just got that tons of torque. It's just a wheelie monster. It's a bike that like it's a hooligan bike. Like that's what I love about what I like so much about it. Because I was looking at that point, like you know, all I want to do is just do wheelies and log up the rear and slide into turns and and just be a jerk. It's a better version of your Hyper Motar. Yeah. More powerful, well, more brappy. Uh, I mean, like that's the thing. I was like, "What bike in my garage am I gonna have to get rid of to get one of these?" Yeah, sure. And uh, how quickly can I get knobbies on it? That's the first thing I'd see. 
Oh man, it has so much torque. It's insane. <laughs> I wouldn't, oh man, I wouldn't even want to think about putting the knobbies on it. You just, the ripping and the tearing. The ripping and the tearing. But it, the wild it, bike. It was just so interesting to see. Like, so they're both in that kind of street fighter category. And like, when you read some of like the reviews and stuff, like, you kind of get the impression that these bikes are very similar. And you're like, not the case at all. Could not be yeah. more different from each other in both philosophy and execution and Sounds design. Sounds like you need to do a back-to-back uh, Asphalt and Rubber article on that. Do you really think that Aprilia is going to give us a motorcycle after this podcast? Yeah. You know what? They want to prove to you that they know what the F they're doing and that their bikes are awesome. So to do a back-to-back, especially if you could do it at a track with those well, two that, machines. Well, that's the thing. At a track, I, I think you'd take the Tuono, but I think on the street, you'd take well, the Super that, That's what I'm saying. It would be interesting to really get it down and go there with proper tires and get it set and figure it out and play with it and, and see where it, it falls out after riding hard on the track. You might find that it's not as good as you think on the track. You never know, right? You never so, know. And the KTM could shine. I'm not, you know. That's why you line up on Sunday. Yep, exactly. Well, maybe maybe that advertiser will come through and we can take that $11 and apply it towards okay. a bunch of lotto tickets. <laughs> okay. And maybe if we're really lucky, that'll allow us to afford to, to, for you and I to go down to LA and do <laughs> okay, all that. Okay, fair enough. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a fun time riding bikes. Um enjoyed both those machines immensely. I've been really looking forward to getting on the Super Duke just because I've heard so many good things. I love the Tuonos. Were you at they the speak to KTM me well. headquarters in Marietta? I stopped by the KTM headquarters in Marietta. You see I don't know if I'm supposed to say that because it wasn't like an official kind of thing. It doesn't I'm have just to be. like you're, hanging out. You're a cool man about the industry. I saw you, something I wasn't supposed to see and nice. I can't talk about it. So that was kind of cool. But it was like a dirt bike thing. So I didn't really know what I was looking at. Yeah, it's not dirt and rubber. No, it's asphalt and rubber for a reason. <laughs> but it was it was really interesting, actually, to, to make something relevant out of that, um, to see their facility and see, like, okay, you know, it's very impressive. Um, it's one of American two headquarters. facilities in the United States, right? They have another one in Ohio, right? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. The one, I mean, it's come from Penton. Do you know that? Do you know anything about Penton? No. It's dirt. It's not street. Okay, well, we will have to. It's a whole other. All right. So, bottom line is, they have that there, and then they have the the main stuff. And I don't know how it has shaken out over the past few years, but it's they're both types of things there. They focused there because of the dirt bikes. Once they started getting hot and heavy with the Supercross and uh, and motocross, right? Once okay. they really turned on the tap, came out to California. Yeah, they said that makes okay, sense. We have to be down here. Right? Well, and even still, like they're. That's kind of like the funny thing. It's like they're so far away from the industry out in oh yeah, basically Temecula, which sure. is in between L- it's between LA and San Diego. By that point, like you're not even really with the industry anymore. You're off on your own kind of thing. But it was interesting to see the facility and how big it is, and it's very nice. And they've got their offices and stuff. But how much of it was dedicated to race services? So there's so I got to see like the media press bay where they prep all the the press bikes and they you know have benches and stuff for that, and it's all very immaculate and clean and then you go through some doors and like that's where all the racing is and there's like one room for racing services so like anyone who races a ktm uh, motorcycle that is buying engines they buy it from ktm that's where those race yeah. engines are made sure. and then there's another room for the uh factory race yep. team sure and you know then there's like another room like it was just very interesting to see how much of their facility was dedicated to supporting KTM racers. Well, that's why it is because that's where that facility started. Yeah. Right. That's the reason why that facility came to fruition 
then I think it's become a place to where most they do most of the business because they you know Ohio right, right. who wants to go to Ohio right. when it's seventy degrees and sunny in Marietta and it's well, not seventy degrees and sunny in Ohio even and it's Ohio even still even st- even still uh, you know you go in through the front door and they've got their lobby and it's like um, kind of a mock dealer showroom kind of thing and it's and it's nice is it really. Do they have it really similar? Like they have their yeah, they whatever, got their their point their of purchase is up there. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. So to hear. you get the feeling that like, sounds like almost like a professional motorcycle company. It's weird, right? Uh huh. I can't think of another one like. No, I certainly can't. It certainly isn't a Ducati. <laughs> I think Ducati is just waiting for that property to get annexed by Apple, and they'll make their money back on uh-huh, it. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um. But uh. Yeah. So you come in and you see the the showroom, and that's nice. And then you go and you see like the racing services and the pressing and it's like immaculate and it's perfect and everything's clean and tidy and it looks super professional. And then you go in the offices and it's just like three cardboard boxes and like maybe a computer from the 1980s. Yeah. And you're like, okay, we can see what the priority is. Ready to, ready to raise. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was a good chuckle. That was a good, good laugh out of that. So. And yeah. then they, they, so what came from that was, Hey, would you like to ride a, a Super Duke or. Yeah. Well, it, we were riding through Mount Palomar and, um. One of the guys says, can you get on the Tuono? And I'm obviously getting on the Super Duke. So we did a little swap or Awesome. And um, just, yeah, was, that, was, that was just the reaction. We both got off the bikes. We're like, these bikes are so different. So, so different. Fun. Did you take pictures? Yeah, I got a couple of pictures. Okay, good. And you're going to, I assume it's going to be an asphalt and rubber store. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do a quick little thing with Super Duke because how much can you really tell about a bike on like, I think I did like 100 miles on it. Okay. Um, and then well, I'll, you can tell a lot. I'll write something up on it. Yeah, you can tell a lot, but. It wouldn't be fair. I don't think it'd be editorially as long sound as you, to do if that. You, as long as you put it out there that, hey, I put 100 miles on this thing during my ride with this Tuona. Here is a little bit of a, yeah. little, a sidebar on my thoughts on this yeah. thing, right? We call it a not a review. Okay, not a review. Not a review. And then I'll do something on the Tuono. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll look for those on asphalt and rubber. You know, the, the second I say look for those on asphalt and rubber, it immediately it's going to take me like two months to get them out the door. Because no, that's why I'm pushing you into doing this now because you are now now I'm on the hook. You have to do it right? unless unless it takes me like three weeks to get this podcast edited. Oh, so sad. Yeah. Oh, you guys are pulling your weight it's around crux. here. Crux. It's crux. It's a catch twenty two. <laughs> okay, so uh, then I think we've covered that fairly well. Then yeah, it was good. Um, so while that was all kind of going on, it was right on the end uh, of the tail of the Tokyo Motor Show. So we saw a lot of really interesting things come out of Tokyo yeah, from totally. the Japanese manufacturers So sure. we should probably talk about. All right. First thing I will say is something that we covered briefly because we were speculating on the Turbo Suzuki. So they showed a picture of the power unit mm-hmm. only, mm-hmm. Uh, which was a twin. It looked like a, a four valve per cylinder. Uh, parallel twin. So this is, this is yeah, it, it looked like it, but they say in their in their press release that it's a four valve engine. So you so know what? That's a tough one. That could be that could be like a lost in translation kind of thing. Yeah, I? I think so because it, you know a lot of people will say, oh, it's four valve, and that means per cylinder, two yeah. valves, two valves. There is no effing way a a, a manufacturer like that is going to make an, a, a water cooled two valve. It's weird, turbo, right? right? Right. The way. It works. It needs to be a fairly efficient combustion chamber, which is the normal pent roof four valve. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I can't fathom. And if they were making a two valve, boy, would I love to see the uh, reason for it, right? right. Their, their, their documentation. So yes, I, I think it's a, a four valve 
uh, parallel twin. Who knows what the crank's like? Because they haven't. They didn't release any data on it. They didn't say shit. They just said that's Here's a the problem, and that's a problem with the plumbing. So it was a um, obviously not um, fabricated exhaust plenum. Like the plenum that you saw coming out was a cast, like production level thing that comes down and dumps to a turbo, which I thought was of, of note. And instead of just being you know, hey, we're going to make a turbo. If you were only making one, you wouldn't do that. Exactly. So then uh, it, it dumps down a turbo, and then the piping going up to the intercooler, which was just a teeny little intercooler. It's tiny. It's a cute little guy. Uh, then into an all-aluminum airbox-like thing. Is mm -hmm. a Actually, we shouldn't call it an airbox. It's a plenum. Then then goes to the, the fuel injection and then into the engine, right? So the key to that was that it's as little piping as possible to reduce turbo lag. Turbo lag being when you spool up the turbo with the exhaust pressure, then it has to that pressure has to run all the way through an intercooler and then all the way to the intake, which a lot of the times creates turbo lag. You get on the throttle and you get the power that you get out of the engine normally with ambient air pressure. Then uh, you get the pressure of the turbo after a certain amount of time and that time is the turbo lag, something that plagued turbos in the 80s heavily. Well, with the computer control and the ability to get that turbo spooled up as quickly as possible and to have a small turbo with teeny little veins that spins up really quick, so as soon as you crack the throttle, it starts that little turbo spinning. And I don't know how fast turbos are spinning now, but we're talking possibly 100, 125,000 RPM. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, I want to say the 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 Kawasaki supercharger is spinning something like 184,000 okay, so or something be like up that. There. I don't know. It's, it's way a good high. Question. Bottom line is it's it's very fast, and it, the faster it goes, the more it's creating pressure, and then it gets the intakes as quickly as possible. The intercooler cools the charge because pressurized air gets warmer as it's being pressurized. Right. So uh, that's why intercoolers exist, right? So sometimes there are air-to-air -air intercoolers, sometimes there's water-to-air intercoolers, but in this case it looked like a, um, an air-to-air. -air. Normal, you know, air is running through the intercooler that's pressurized from the, from the turbo, and then air, like normal, it looks like a radiator, basically. Right. A heat, it is a heat exchanger. So the tidy little unit looked really good. Of course, they had all, all that aluminum stuff polished up for show, um, and it looks like a sport intent engine for sure. Very exciting. I love it. I think it's cool that they're doing it, and I can't wait to see more. As we had said when we were talking about turbos, yeah. one of the last podcasts. Yeah, yeah, I'll be very, I'll be very curious to see when we actually get to, to see whatever motorcycle it is. I'm almost ninety nine percent sure it'll be the Suzuki Recursion. We've seen the trademarks and the, we've seen the concept obviously from the last Tokyo Motor Show in twenty thirteen. We've seen the trademarks recently in the European and American market. Now we have a motor that looks exactly like what we saw in the recursion concept. So all the pieces of the puzzle are kind of coming together. I just want to see what that bike is. Just show me the money already, Suzuki. Yeah. Let me see it. What do you do? You think it would be something they might come up with the Eichma, or are they going to? No, be... I feel like that's going to be one more year away. Oh, really? They're just, just building it up. Just, just the way it feels. Okay. I could be wrong. All right, then Cowie. Uh, I I just saw a. It looks like an artist's rendering of a smaller turbo Cowie. Supercharged. Sorry, a, a smaller forced induction. Uh, mm. Cowie, but using a similar technology to what's in the H2 and H2R. Right. Yeah. So they're calling that the SCO1 uh, Spirit Charger, I believe is the name. Spirit Charger. Spirit. Seriously. Like your spirit's getting oh, charged. Like your Zen Chi oh. shit is just at its zenith. Casper the Friendly Ghost. 
that too. I, sure. I, it's not the way I was friendly, going. Like, it's not the way guys. I was going. I never. I was never into Casper. <laughs> uh, just he was a little. Um, yeah. Okay. What, what's the term I'm looking for? Swishy. swishy. A little swishy. Yeah, that's a good word. He was for a, a ghost. swishy ghost. Swishy. Just because you can see. And the, there's nothing wrong with that. Not and that that's the way that God made you. No. Nope. I'm just saying nope. he wasn't the butchest ghost I've ever seen. I would love to be friends with Casper. Okay, so bottom line is the spirit cowie is going to be uh, released soon or do I mean what what was that all about was it just they showed a picture of it you know like I don't know what any of the Japanese manufacturers are doing right now because I just kind of sit there and like you would think you would think they would release more things at their home show but I know that they definitely know that Aikuma is the the cat's meow when it comes to releasing things like we're going to see a lot of stuff debut there uh, I know Yamaha's got some stuff coming out um really yeah more than what they've already done because mm. they've, they've released a lot of interesting mm. stuff so what's what's going on there but uh you know like so maybe we'll see that supercharged cowboy thing i think the timing's right um there's rumors that it'll be more or less um in that 650 cc range yeah uh with that supercharger and you know it's it's the same thing that like you say about the suzuki it's gonna be great it's gonna hopefully it'll be nice and light well, the H2 was probably a little too heavy, I think, for most people's taste, but hopefully this is nice and <laughs> light. and like three feet wide, right? <laughs> that's the problem. I was so excited by that bike until I saw it in person. I'm like, oh my God, that's, it's gargantuan. It's, it's this monstrosity of winglets and flip flaps and I totally want to buy one. I totally do. Every- I mean, I think it's cool. I would totally own one. Now that I know they're doing a 2016 version, I've been like sitting there going like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe it's like. I don't need to pay taxes this year, do I? I think you can get away. You don't have to pay at it every year. At least one. You can skip at least you, one year. At least one year. Sure. Right? Sure. Can you skip two years? I'm sure it's very light on its feet, but it's such a wide behemoth looking yeah. thing when I was expecting something a little bit better, right? Not Hayabusa level, right? But what are you going to do when you're creating a 300 horsepower trellis framed thing? So that being said, this, this SCO1 supposed to be lighter supposed to be smaller displacement hopefully it still makes some good power to low weight i mean that's the whole idea behind the force induction idea is that you don't have to build as big of a motorcycle as big of an engine to get the same sort of power yeah uh as you would right. with a naturally aspirated that's a machine. way better use of turbocharging i think packaging it or makes sense induction. it makes sense from a lot of perspectives of just from a packaging perspective from a weight perspective i mean yeah why wouldn't you especially with the way Modern technologies, especially with turbos, like a lot of these drawbacks that people associate with turbocharging aren't really relevant anymore. Now, a lot of these manufacturers, I'd have to look at which vehicles are turbocharged, but they've been dip, uh, dipping into it with uh, watercraft. So mm-hmm. it's not like they're far away from the technology, right? They've been doing this for a while. I think Honda, when they started doing their watercraft back five to 10 years ago, a lot of it was turbo. I have to look. I'm sorry I don't know it because I'm, I'm more motorcycle than power sports, but there's a few out there that are turboing, and so that means it's out there. It's it's something that's common enough yeah. so that the engineering isn't like out of the blue, right? So no, I'm, I'm excited. No, by it. it's definitely within the wheelhouse. But they're doing some interesting things with the design, uh, with variable gearboxes for the supercharger and, and different inlets and things like that. So yeah, it'll be I'll be very excited to see that bike finally come out. I hope we see it at ICMA. Uh I hope I see it in the showroom soon, really, because yep. it's it's exciting to see that happen in the industry. It feels like it's not new. There's nothing new under the sun, but it feels like something new coming along, and that's good. I yep. like that. I agree. 
what else do you want to talk about? Well, Yamaha had a bunch of stuff come out that yeah, we should they, talk the about. Yeah, the car, which I'm really not into because it's like, it's car. What I do not give a shit. Unless you look back at Yamaha's, I can't remember. It was like an OX99. Oh, it's like the OWC1 Whatever or the like 99. Yeah, I know what you're so talking about. It was about. a really cool looking car back at that time. It was in the mid-90s, early 90s. That was neat. It was like a little Formula One with, with it was almost, mm, I remember it being maybe a central seat. And you could have a passenger off the side, kind of like a, a McLaren F1. It, it was sexy. It was neat looking. It was unique. This thing, the pictures I saw, looked like lame. It's the OX9911. The, the one on, right? The yeah. OX, the old one, right? Yeah, yeah. OX99, right? So, yes, that was cool. This one, whatever. Okay, so they're going to make a car. Uh, it's the same What uh, I have a friend that worked for Yamaha. He posted up a the teaser video for the newest, latest, greatest side-by-side, which is right. some wicked three-cylinder, 1,000cc. It's like, oh, you going to make cars? Great. Sweet go-kart. Yeah. I, I'm not, I mean, I'm into it kind of as an enthusiast a little bit, but not really. So I'm into it in the sense that it's a cool-looking car. It weighs... 750 kilos so that's like 1600 pounds yeah that's cool. super light don't know if i'd want to crash in one yeah i know i mean show me a production americanized epa usa all that crap show me that and maybe i'd get a little bit more excited but until it's that then i'll be like my buddy down in texas that bought an aerial atom had it for three years and the fuckers at the state of texas land of the free yanked his title from him because they're like, oh well, it's not safe any longer. That that's is some how bullshit. Texas is right. Just give it back to Mexico at this Oof. point, right? So that's what I said. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a car. I'm not in the market for a car. Certainly not a sports car. Yeah. So, but it, it's cool. It's cool to see Yamaha playing with it. It's cool to see them maybe thinking about other things. Clearly, um, you can see the Japanese manufacturers are looking at the power sports industry as a whole and trying to figure out where they can plug into things. And yeah, sure. Yamaha looking at a car is, is, is very interesting. Well, you know, the, the Ford Taurus SHO engine, the V6 from yeah. the yeah. late eighties, early nineties was a Yamaha yeah. design thing. There's a few other things. They, they've yeah. Done. They've had their fingers in all a few things, but this is, this is ground up, you know, nuts to bolts, Yamaha designed yeah. thing. As far as I can tell. I mean, sure. Again, not a lot, not a ton of information coming out. Did they even say what kind of engine it had? No. Okay. All right. So. All right. Next. You could have a hamster wheel for all we know. Um, I think we have to talk about the Motobot. Yeah. Whatever. Go for it. Really? Yeah. You're, like not, you're not into it? Redundant robots. Whoopie doo. I think it's a really big deal. What the, what the fuck it's is the point? It's a huge deal. What is the point? Oh, man. Like, sit down and get your, like, your paper and notepad out. Like, okay. Let's, let's, take you to, let's take you to class. Sure. First of all, I think it's just really interesting that Yamaha is showing... It comes out with this this motorcycle driving robot, and I think you have to understand that in the context of the Honda Asimo. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. This is why you can't drink <laughs> can't when we do the show. It can't, it can't even go down. No, it cannot navigate stairs to save its life. That poor little bastard is like it's like that um that safety alert thing that that the elderly. I've fallen and I can't. I can't. It's like that. It's like that <laughs> idea. Like it's like this elderly robot that like just falls downstairs and is just turtled at I that point. I have fallen on. and I can't get up. Help me, human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that poor little that poor little guy. All right. If it was there, there's a company out of it's near MIT or it's in Massachusetts that makes those amazing four legged. Uh, oh, they look like I don't know what they look like, but they they, they like they, they look evil, like cheetah. Yeah. 
thing. They look, well, like, they look like ungulates. They look when, like when the when the robots take over in the future, it's going to be those little four legged hoppy running things that comes and just kills us all. Most people have seen them. They're either they're, they're either uh, tethered to electric motors, mm-hmm. so they have this wires going to them, and they're running on a on a treadmill, mm-hmm. or they have these two stroke engines. Yeah, so they, they're extra evil, and they're <laughs> it sounds so horrible. Oh my God. And they're going to, they, they, you know, people are trying to kick them over and they, it's amazing. Now that company was making a robot that could get on a motorcycle and lean, not just sit there like the one in that stupid video with the R1 going down in Alameda, just lame. I, I mean, I get it. But why? Why is there extra effort being put into that where it could be put into well, other places? Well, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because it, it makes a lot of sense. And I agree that, you know, I think I think Yamaha was trying to claim a lot more than that they at least shown in their marketing materials. Because it's like, so you have this kind of human-looking robot, and all it really does is, like, pull in a clutch lever and rev a throttle and kind of mm-hmm. steer, maybe. Ish. And, like, you're sitting there going, like, sweet RC car. Like... Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Don't, I don't. Get I'm it. not like the the most handy person, but I'm pretty sure you give me a couple RC components, we can make that happen with sure. a remote control. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting in the sense that of where they're going with it, and it's very much in front, I think, to that Honda Asimo of like this this humanoid robot mimicking the human uh, interactions with things and understanding that because for for Yamaha, I think it brings out two really important things, and one of them is understanding rider dynamics you know we have you look at MotoGP and we have all this telemetry on what the machine is doing but they have almost no telemetry on what the human is doing and that's one of the things i was talking to one of the engineering companies in MotoGP, and we were sitting there having a long discussion about that because it's such a black box why can jorge lorenzo ride the m1 a certain way and rossi not sure and it's in 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 the current state it's very uh seasoned and well i'm not gonna say well educated but it experienced individuals that have a very subjective knowledge of me like oh yeah i see that writer go by he's got something special it's like it's like a baseball scout you know like going yeah, down to havana yeah, sure, or whatever sure. and be like that's the that's whereas the, if they could put that's a, gonna be the new nolan ryan if right they there could put a, a replicant on a motorcycle and have them go around and do the same things to the same corners every lap with the same weight. That's the, mm-hmm. something I've been saying for years is that you can put a bunch of servo motors and whatnots inside of a car and make it remote control. Freaking Mythbusters has done it. It's, I'm not saying it's perfect, but it, if you wanted to engineer that, it'd be a whole lot easier inside of a car. And then you'd, you could get it down to a weight that would replicate a human mm-hmm. on a bike because the human needs to be able to, to, to move around on it. It would be very difficult to get that same weight through all of the, uh, I guess it would be rams and servo motors and whatnots to get that. So if that's what if that's what you're thinking will happen in the future, so that they can go around a track with that and try and quantify it and do it every single time without a human being tainting that information. Okay, I get it, but I still think it's fucking stupid right now. It's 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 got a it's got a crawl before it can walk kind of thing. Um, I, I think I think in the process of building a humanoid robot that can that can ride a motorcycle, the process of that that journey forces Yamaha to learn so much about how humans interact with the motorcycle, how the weight transfers when the body gets off the pegs and goes to drag a knee and puts inputs in the steering. You know, I think you'd be better off doing a, having biomechanics involved and having 
but, sensors all over your but body. That's, but that's the right? hard thing. Like, where's the repeatability? And that's what a robot brings into it. You can that's do that Jorge test. Jorge Lorenzo is kind of expensive. And yeah. you don't always get him. And if you believe the rumors, he's not going to be a Yamaha rider for no. much longer. Zinger. Horrible attempt at a robot that looks horrible. It look, looks like something from one of my toys in the 80s. It does, but they're, they're trying. Like my evil Knievel. But that, but that's marketing. Pull the, pull the thing that's marketing. Go. That's the veneer to make it look palatable and exciting to the masses. And I can tell you the, the story went gangbusters over the internet because of that. Yeah. But you have to look deeper and see like, okay, so what is this applying? This is this is giving Yamaha inside into rider dynamics. It's a repeatability. It's scientific measures. It's the idea that you can study like is leaning off the motorcycle and dragging your knee really the quickest way around or what what if this robot can figure out or through this robot they can figure out that there's a better way what if they say like hey you know lorenzo like you do this small little thing when you ride but actually we can prove with our robot that if you brought your elbow in and, and dropped your shoulder a little bit more you could get a tenth more out of that lap time but that's that's the thing that they can do you know it's like that idea and it's and it's kind of something that people used to accuse honda of um, especially like early MotoGP days where they say like, you know, there's nothing wrong with the bike. It's the rider's problem with the idea that, well, at the end of the day, what goes on between the rider's head is almost more important. Like you yeah. can come out there with the, what the, the engineers say is like, this is the perfect setup for the chassis and the course, suspension and everything. Sure. This is the fastest way around the lap, uh, around the track and the lap times won't show it because it's not what the rider is looking for. Sure. Well, now that they can actually go and say, well, we need a rider that can do this like the robot does because that's how you get the maximum out of the bike. And there's a lot of value there in, in a racing application. And then in a larger sense, you know, you start getting all these um, systems together and being able to corner the bike and judge lean angles and read the road ahead and understand road conditions. And that just goes into building autonomous vehicles. And eventually it's not a humanoid robot anymore. It's just the motorcycle itself that can ride itself. And that gets into a whole application that, that's the, the terminator vehicles that were in that one exactly terminator. that i could see more value in where you're not i mean the worst part of a bike the best and worst is this movable object that is the human being the loose nut behind the bars that is affecting that machine all the way through the consistency would to be a, a not having that but the, the question would be is really how much better are motorcycles to have the human being on it playing with it? But now yeah, that that's, well, that's I think good, you have to look at it like that is a good point. Hold on. I'd say that that's a good point that that's where this could take you, well, you get, and understand it from the perspective. This isn't, this does, this has nothing to do with, Oh, my Yamaha will one day be able to ride without me. And I'm going to be at my video game console watching my motorcycle. No, has nothing to do with that. Has everything to do with business level drone systems. Like this idea of that, you know, I think in the next decade, like if you're a trucker, if you're a truck driver yeah, sure. right now listening to our podcast, yeah. like you need to start going scared. back to school. Like you're not going to have a job in 10 Freight years. Freightliners working on it right down here right? in Portland, right? I think the autonomous. As soon as autonomous cars become mainstream, every truck driver is out of a job. And what was I just reading the other day is, was it Apple? No, it was Google is trying to get in on the, the drone delivery system. Yeah. Like sure. Amazon is. And this is the same thing. Like. You're going to have drone motorcycles dropping off your Amazon package, dropping off your Google, whatever box that you're getting because motorcycles are smaller footprint. They're easier to maintain. You've got that autonomous system that is coming out of research like this. If I think it's very interesting that this is a, a Yamaha project in Silicon Valley. Yamaha has this. Yes, the fact that it was in California was of note. Yamaha set up this little um, laboratory. I'm forgetting the name of it, but it's got a very long-winded name, but it's based out of Silicon Valley. They funded it with like half a million dollars to do this research basically. And they're tapping into that 
Tesla, Apple, Google, autonomous driving, Silicon Valley space. Are they the reason why Mission Motors went out of business? They are. That's actually true. We should (laughs) should write that story because that's, you know, just about as accurate as anything else I've read. About how Mission Motors. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. All right. But but it's very so I th- I look at that story and think it's very interesting. You know, it's a total fluff piece right now, and it's yeah. I think if anything, it's just kind of like them kind of being like rolling out the yeah. the fuck you to to Asimo and like hey buddy, while you're falling down those stairs, I'm popping wheelies and you know if they would have done that, made him pop a wheelie. It, I say him made it made, pop a wheelie. Could be her if they if they make. Well, he's blue, so it's got to be a boy, right? Oh, that's right, totally. Okay, that's why I decided that it was a him. So. Um, if he would have popped, if they could have gotten the freaking thing to get a knee down and not had, or if they would have just not had the damn outriggers on it. In the video, yeah. That but that's the thing. Like off. clearly, clearly like it hasn't learned how to put its legs down yet and stabilize the bike. Like it's very much like, like <laughs> I'm talking li- about it. Like it, it's intelligent. Like it, AI. cause it's going to be, I, I have to treat I it with respect now. So I get on the good side. I'm thinking long term. I know you are You're thinking short term. I hate it. But you know, I hear what you mean. Like, I, like you look at that video and it's like literally like. I don't have an engineering degree, but I'm pretty sure you give me like six months. I can do that with like an RC controller. Uh-huh. Like I can reach that same level. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Mythbusters could have created. Yeah. That. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. They might have, you know, like it wouldn't surprise you. Cause it's not, you're not doing anything that's new under the sun. You're not sure. doing anything that crazy, sure. especially with those outriggers, but they made it look quasi cool and they put it on the newest, latest, greatest Yamaha. And, yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. you know, and it's challenging. Like one day I'll be faster than you, Ross. And I don't think they are really trying to claim like it's more than it is, but you can tell, like, I'll, I'll be very curious to see where this project is in five years. Let's put it that way. Mark your, mark your calendar. When we're doing, like, episode, like, 10 million 53, we're going to come back to this topic, and you're going to be like, oh, Jensen, you were right. High five. All right. Fair enough. Um, one thing I'll say of note for the for the listeners is uh, the the visual is interesting because you, you see this thing riding off into the business, distance with the... Uh, the Bay Area, the, the San Francisco skyline, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's very... I'm not saying it's exactly like Blade Runner, but you get the Blade Runner feel. So there's the replicant mm. uh, autonomous mm. feel thing going on. And like, hmm, well, why did they choose to do that there instead of Tokyo? Tokyo would have even been better, but it would have to be flying. Right. Anyway, it's just a it's a it's a worthwhile thing to watch. You have to do the uh, oh, what's the test they do? That's not voir dire. That's a lawyer thing. I can't remember. I know exactly what you uh, mean. That's going to bother me the rest of the show. If you found a turtle upside right down, down, how would you feel? Right? How does it make you feel? <laughs> the only other thing that I, that really caught my eye from the, the Tokyo show was the Honda lightweight super sport concept, which we've yeah, talked which about went before. Further, like they, they released drawings and stuff. Um, this bike, it's not like we're talking about the new CB VFR 1000 super bike for V4, right? We're talking about a, a, a not in, I'm, it probably, I'm not going to call it insignificant, but it's not a huge deal. It's going to so, be cool when it comes out. I'm sure it'll be great. So it's, it's, we talked about it on one of the last podcasts. It's a, we we're assuming it's a 250 CC four cylinder. And now I don't even remember. I don't remember what the. Do we know anything more about the design intent for this? No, thing? I mean, they didn't really. They didn't okay. really too much. All we really, all we really know for certain is that it's got a, uh, a fourteen hundred RPM rev line. Fourteen thousand. For, sorry, fourteen thousand. Fourteen hundred. Not a lot of revs. It's a diesel. It's a new diesel. <laughs> it just, it just sits it's, there. And it's turns. a combination between Honda and VW. They're making diesel. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, we just know it has a fourteen thousand RPM rev line on the concept dash. 
Okay. Which is indicative, you know, that's that's quite a big bump compared to what was on the uh, CBR250R and the uh, CBR300R. So, um could be interesting. All kinds of things. Yeah, interesting. Sure. It, it's I think it still looks awesome. I totally read this not out of it. Um oh, I know. I know what you want to talk about right now. I don't even have to ask you what you want to talk about cuz I already know it. I can read your mind. Okay. I can see into your soul and I can see that you're you're just wishing you're doing the Movember because you need to look good on your new liquid cooled Triumph Bonneville. <laughs> Movember, right? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, horrible. Absolutely horrible. Why, why do you say the that? The most derivative crap. Just awful, right? So somebody, a, a, a friend of mine posted a picture of the 2004, 5, 6... Ducati Sport Classic with the fairing. I think it was probably a Paul Smart or something of that. Yeah. And with on t- on you know that's that's the lower picture and then the new Bonneville with the fairing on the top. And it's just like you you couldn't get more copycat crap than that, right? Just it's almost exactly the same lines, right? Almost exactly the same lines. Which fair enough. How far can you go with a cafe racer? Really? You're you're all gonna have to end up in a very similar look. Right, right. Yeah. You're all. It's all. It's all melting into the same kind of pot of aesthetics and hipster, hipsterdom. A pot and full of shit is what it is. So that for me, that engine again, parallel twelve, parallel twin. Worst case scenario, air cooled like fins and shit still on it. <laughs> yeah, just I like I like that part where they left the fins on that and then put it the radiator. Makes me on. So angry. Oh, they did a great job putting the radiator between the fairings and blah. No, between the frame rails. No, they didn't. It's but horrible. But that's the accent, the pipe wrap that you're going to put on once you oh, buy it. Dude, I can't. I just can't have more hate for motorcycles than those horrible Bonnevilles. It's just gross. You know, but I am a, because I am a Ducati guy. That's the problem, right? I I expect more, and when I see less, it makes me angry. I don't. I don't have any particular issue with the Bonneville, other than it's a motorcycle that is not targeted towards someone like me. But if I sit there, if that's what gets you down the road, if that's what you're commuting on, if that's what you just like riding, if you know, just a, a pleasant day on the on the backcountry roads on your Bonneville, God bless you, brother, because you know that's what it's all about. I'd rather have a Honda GB500. Oh, I'd rather have a lot of things. I'd rather have a Kawasaki W. I can't remember the how CC size, but it was the one with the cool bevel gear, and it was a retro. You remember that? It was a it was a Cafe Razor before they became. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Right? It was the hipster bike. Missed right? the boat. I'd rather, I mean, I wouldn't want to have a, a, a Ducati ca- uh, Sport Classic. I think they're uncomfortable. They're not my deal, but I'd rather have an old proper one. I'd rather have a Norton. Anyway, if if I was with them, if I if I was into that bike, what I would want to see is a triple. Uh, if, it, if it was a triple, uh, even if it had fake fucking fins, I might be a little bit more into it. If it was the 675 engine plugged into a frame that kind of evoked a little bit of classic mm. i would be into that because yeah. it has this engine that's new See, i'm just giving you rope right? right now i'm just let you give you give all your rope okay and you can sure. say whatever you want to say but at the end of the day it's not geared towards you it's geared like the, the people that are buying the 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 previous crop of bonnevilles and who are going to buy this crop of bonnevilles croc croc of bonneville <laughs> are 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 a completely different rider than you and i and for Triumph, I think the goal was how do we make this engine updated? How do we make this platform updated and not screw it up? Because like we don't really, 
we don't really need to update this bike. This bike isn't selling because it's new and it's the latest and greatest. It's it, selling because so- I thought it had been selling. Are they? Have no, they been no, okay? they they are. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they're getting picked up by all these hipsters that have credit. The, <laughs> the hipsters that don't have credit are buying like CB three fifties. That's yeah. that's I think the dichotomy. Okay. Well, what what I'm what I know of this is that you can't. It's very difficult to make these air cooled bikes, as we discussed yeah. not too long ago. Uh, meet the EPA DOT regulation. EOP, Euro 4. Right. So because of that, that's why they're doing it. I understand that that's why they have to do it. Yep. Um, I just hate to see it's just so I can, I can guarantee, same crap. Yeah, right? but I can guarantee you the design brief on that was the current bike's doing well. We need to update it with a liquid-cooled engine, make it look as much like the old bike as possible, but with modern, you know, a couple modern changes. How are they? Mission accomplished. Are they lighter than the... Well, it's got bumped up to a 1200cc engine, so I doubt it. I don't, I, I have no idea. I don't even, you say that, but if I was going to liquid cool an engine and have the pieces and parts that are part of a liquid cooled engine than air cooled, you might be surprised what you can do relative to weight. And if they'd have decreased the weight, you know, by 50 pounds, maybe that would get my enthusiasm, right? I seen that there was one, it was like a Thruxton or something like that. Yeah. Ugh. I hate those things, right? I hate, I hate. There's I, a Thruxton and a Thruxton R, and then there's like a Thruxton. Make are me, you make, kidding me? Make me look cool, <laughs> pack. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I'm not even hating on that. I get why the people want to have that, but I just, ugh. yeah, I want to see a, tr- a true cafe racer was make it lighter, make it better, right. Right? right? Not. But but you know what? Like like the the modern day equivalent of the cafe racer is is like a Street Fighter. It's like a Super Duke. It's like a Toronto. You're taking all the bits yeah, sure. off. That's that's what it is. Do the ton, yeah. go and do the ton. You want to go faster? I get it. But like the, the when we say cafe racers, what we're really meaning is you know retro heritage. Yeah, sure. You know it's it's a certain look. It's a certain person that's got a certain aesthetic to their life, is into motorcycles in a certain way. And the reason that you and I have so much vitriol for it is because they're not motorcycling the same way we are, and because motorcycling is such a personal thing to us. <laughs> That we take I, issue I, with. I it. dare to say they're not motorcycling. But that's that's the thing though. And like and you can say the same thing about Harley Davidson riders, and you can say the same thing about oh, the BMW rider that only goes down to his Starbucks or the Ducati rider that, you know, just sits there and, you know, plays with his penis all day because he's, <laughs> you know, this middle aged guy that probably has a horrible marriage. <laughs> Did I just say that? But you know, like, yeah, but you sure. know, take your stereotype. Take your stereotype for any brand, any segment, and throw it in there, and it all comes down to the fact that someone is motorcycling, an activity that you take with great personal interest and take a lot of, uh, express a lot of your individuality through, and they're doing it differently than you are, and that offends you. And at a certain point, it's like it's fun to like have that banter and yeah, be sure. like, oh yeah, oh have fun on your on your hipster bike there. Hope your skinny jeans don't rip. But you know what? <laughs> they're on a motorcycle. God bless them. That's yeah, fine with that's me. True. And after spending, uh, you know, even a hundred miles on my dad's Sportster, which is, I mean, an eight eighty three Sportster from the early nineties. This is I've ridden one of those. Yeah, very simple machine. You can still have fun on it, but it's never had a bad time on a motorcycle, right? And I'm sure I'd have a lot of fun on that Triumph. I'd be able to. I'd go. I'd figure out a way to race it. But boy, what a compromised heap of shit it would be compared to any Ducati. So that that's what I look at. I was like, okay. You would, you would, you would, that's the thing though. Like you want to use it in a way that it wasn't intended to be used or, or, or the most people who buy it don't use it. Yeah, I say BS to that because you, a, a Ducati Sport Classic, it's about the same freaking thing. Air-cooled, 
better motorcycle by a factor of 10, 10 years old, right? By a factor of 10, that bike is better than that Triumph. I guarantee you on any measurable level or unmeasurable level. So I am offended by that, right? I want them to be better if they said it's lighter, it, it's tighter, it's something other than just water cooled, you know, 1200 CC. Okay. I get it that they have to, they have to do that. Uh, but they, that gets to that. There's a thing they have that I think it's called the Thunderbird, the big engine. Yeah. That's a big, yeah. uh, twin cylinder. Oh my gosh. From a technical standpoint, it's just, it eats away at my soul to see engines that big, like the triple, that big triple thing. I would have, I, in a kind of in a morbid curiosity way, I'd like to ride one of those, but I've seen enough of those disassembled in shops, you know, replacing second gear over the past seven or eight years that I just wouldn't want to get anywhere near it. The big engine, gnarly, huge, overdoing it stuff, right? That, that I guess, uh, offends me as a, uh, as an enthusiast that likes speed and lightweight and keep it simple. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. All right. So well, I think, I think the, just to, to put a, a little bookend on that, on the conversation, I think the thing for me, um, that gets my blood raised is just the fact that I'm waiting for Triumph to like break out of its box. Like I feel like Triumph has like kind of their heritage thing going on. They've got um, some kind of cruisers that they have, like the the Rocket and that Thunderbird. Um, they've got the Speed Triple, the Street Triple, the Daytona, uh, and they're kind of like, you know, we saw they you know leaked out a bunch of photos of those, and they're you know minor aesthetic changes maybe you mean for for the sport bikes the crotch rockets right so they're like just, they're not they're they, not they doing have a, anything major they have a couple different here. categories that they're hitting in but i've yet to see them come out with something really new something that really gets me excited about the brand like speed triple great bike but man it's been like the same machine for how long same thing with the street triple same thing with the daytona 675 you know like even the tigers are starting to get kind of long in the tooth and you just sit there and it's like the Tiger 800 was the last bike that came out from from Triumph that I got excited about. And I put an asterisk in the air when I say that because at the end of the day, it was just like them looking at a BMW and making it a three-cylinder. Yeah, but they did a good job of it. They did a great job of it, and, and it's a great that machine. a pretty it's, good thing. It's I, a good bike. Yeah. I would recommend it. But the it, 675, I owned one, the first-year model. The uh, Daytona or the Street Triple? Daytona. Yeah. And I enjoyed it a lot. It's I mean, a good it, bike. Eventually, I got tired of it because it wasn't but a it's, twin it's been the same bike for so long and it's just you just sit there and just like there is a bit of i feel like i feel like don't fix it so there I get is that. that but there's also that you know like you have to constantly keep yourself relevant and i feel like triumph is terrified especially like, and i yeah. think that the bonneville exemplifies this i feel like triumph is terrified of doing anything too new or rocking the boat a little too much because like oh what if what if we lose like this little demographic that we've carved out that like buys yeah. these bikes yeah you know x number of these bikes every year and like you know that's kind of what our business is built around and you just want to say like you know like grow a pair like excite me <laughs> you know yeah sure like i don't care if you screw it up a little bit like you're gonna have some failures but like you know put a win on the board I feel like I feel like this is like I feel like this is like hockey. Like we're just sitting here watching people get tie games over and over hey, again. Hey, dude! It's like I, kissing your fan, it's like kissing your sister. It's just like right, let's let's at least do baseball. Let's equate it to baseball. Baseball doesn't end in a tie though. It's like <laughs> soccer. How let's put it that way. 
Okay. Yeah. So he's talking like, oh, hey, I just watched a, grow, a bunch of grown men roll around on the lawn for 90 minutes <laughs> and the fucking game ended with a tie. And I'm supposed to feel entertained about That's that. It's one of the only sports that I enjoy watching as well. <laughs> soccer? You like watching? Oh, you, I love it. But Timbers, you watch Portland Timbers. Portland Timbers. Timbers. See, so so soccer in America is very different than soccer in Europe, especially like, like Italian soccer. Just shoot me in the face. <laughs> that that that's when the sipaku knife. If I if we're gonna sit down and watch like two Italian teams play soccer, give me the knife. I'll take care of myself, no problem. Because I would rather have my entrails spew out of me onto the floor <laughs> than watch a bunch of Italian men pretend like they're little prima donnas and fall down when someone blows on. Yeah, them. that's bad. Drives me up a wall. Okay, fair enough. I get that. So I think with that, uh, Quentin, good. Good show there. I think yeah. we, we can leave that one alone. Nah, and I think that was. I'll a get to the uh, the editing bay and start whittling away on it and try and get all of our our fucks and our dick jokes and everything out of there. <laughs> all right. So Sounds just good. so if you're listening to it now, like 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 the finished recorded version, the the level that we the, of swearing that you hear is the tip of the iceberg, <laughs> and and we probably cut out three to four hours of just horrible nonsense that you didn't need to listen to. So the expletives are there for a reason. Yeah, so let me break this down. So we it we we record about 10 hours of show. <laughs> we just sit here all day long and we talk. We whittle <laughs> it down to about an hour and 15 minutes. For every minute of show, it takes me 5 minutes of editing. So it actually takes me about a week. Yeah. So that that's why these take so long to get out. Sure, right. And it, if you looked at the what you take out, then it would be like the video of the Big Lebowski when they just edit the fucks together right. or Pulp Fiction where it's just fuck, 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 fucking motherfucker. Right. That's what it sounds like. It's like the, um, <laughs> my favorite, my personal favorite is the Deadwood cocksucker. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I have Deadwood sitting on my, Oh, it's on, so good on my shelf. Like I need to watch. Oh, it. it's such okay. a good show. So there's a cocksucker. cocksucker oh my cocksucker. God. <laughs> cocksucker is like the number one curse word. Okay. Good Switching cocksucker, San Francisco cocksucker. Okay, that's my that's my woo. By the way, for, All right, for well, the Deadwood I'll, fans, that that'll give me the the impetus to go watch that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, with that said, please, if you're listening to us on iTunes, give us a little rating, give us a little review. I want to give a shout out to the uh, gentleman. I assume is a gentleman who 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 referenced the Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, segment of our show because <laughs> that's just that's just good iTunesing right there is what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the so, gentleman which went by arnoldiscoming.com yeah, or something. I think something like that, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Right? So we appreciate it. We definitely read all the comments. We definitely read all the reviews. We're always trying to improve the show. So we definitely like the constructive feedback. But I swear to God, if you give us four out of five stars, I will hunt you down and kill you. <laughs> like, not just sip a knife. Just no good. <laughs> uh, so please follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can find us on SoundCloud where you already found us. You're listening to us. So, yeah, just follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All will be good. Leave us a review. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. And I'd like to say uh, rest in peace to Dunlop Tire Technician Les Washburn. He was a guy I worked with many years ago who uh, had uh, unfortunate um, it, it was it was a surprising death. I think it, it was natural causes, but it was surprising. Very so, tragic. The industry is definitely feeling it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate. So uh, rest in peace to to Les and kickstands up. Still doing that, huh? Oh yeah. Even even after the whole thing with Les, oh, yeah. kickstands sure. up. Kickstands up. All right. Hopefully Les has his kickstand up and he's riding through. He's heaven. just brapping through heaven. Yep. Good on you. All right. Good talk. See you out there.
Voidkampf test. That's what we were looking for. The what? Voidkampf test. Voidkampf. 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 It's not Mindkampf. Oh, you went, you went somewhere else. What? <laughs> Stay away from the... Okay. The, not, less Bad Hitler, German. Bad German. more Harrison Ford. Get away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of the best you've ever done. <laughs> okay. The time is 8.16. <laughs> drink your drink.